coming up on The Potter's Touch. Whatever happened in Jesus' life between 12 and 30 happened amongst these people. And whatever they knew stopped them from being healed. And a prophet is without honor in his own country. So I'm going to take what's on me and I'm going to put it on you. And I'm going to send you out in my name. And they will receive the gift because they don't recognize the giver. Cora Jakes Coleman and I'm here again to welcome you to the Potter's Touch. I'm so glad that you decided to watch today because this sermon is something that we can all relate to. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you were just looking for somewhere to rest, looking for someone to open up their doors, open up their hearts to receive you so that you could just rest? I know I have been there. Well, it just so happens Jesus has been there too. Let's see what my father has to say about the homeless Jesus. The Bible says he came back home and there he is in his own country amongst the people he grew up with who could fill in the blanks that I cannot fill in between what happened between 12 and 30. Whatever happened in Jesus' life between 12 and 30 happened amongst these people. <laughs> and you know, stuff happens. Whatever has happened to them, and I'm not suggesting that anything illicit or immoral has happened in the life of Jesus. I don't know what happened. I'm just suggesting that whatever has happened between 12 and 30, they knew that we didn't know. And whatever they knew stopped them from being healed. Good God. It, you didn't hear me. It didn't stop him. Because ultimately he would reject them and go to another city and still be who he was, but it limited them from benefiting from knowing who he was because they had defined him in such a limited region that he couldn't help them because they say, we know you. <laughs> Ain't that the carpenter? Did, didn't you fix my plow a year ago? A couple of years ago, I remember my daddy brought his plow over there and, and, and your daddy and you worked on the plow and said, yeah, I know you. Yes. Your sisters, do we not know his sisters? From whence cometh this wisdom? That's what he said. They didn't say he wasn't wise. From whence cometh these miracles? They didn't say they weren't real. Imagine in the face of such compelling evidence that you would still reject him. And not just, not just that they rejected him. The Bible said they were offended. 
offended by healing? See, some of you right now have made your life's goal to win somebody who doesn't like you. And you don't realize, you keep trying to figure out why they don't like you. You don't have to do anything wrong for people to dislike you. Anytime you rise above what they deem to be appropriate, they have an issue. Oh, oh. And they start saying stupid stuff like, look at her, she thinks she's something. What does that mean? How do you know what she thinks? Are you a mind reader? What makes you an authority of what's going on in my head? And what's wrong with thinking I'm something? I am something. Don't get it twisted. I am something. I am something that you're gonna miss. something that you're going to miss because I am more than how you see me. And as soon as I get with somebody who sees me as I am, I'm going to rock that thing. myself too profound to merely come this morning to tell you that people are crazy. Because the truth of the matter is, you already knew that people are crazy. And all I'm doing is reaffirming what your life's experiences have already validated that you have to live amongst people who say, you didn't forget where you came from. So why are we having this discussion? Did you merely come to tell me that familiarity breeds contempt? No, I'm trying to tell you that to discover your purpose is to lose your home. Because the moment you find out who you are, you will also discover that you don't fit. You cannot have purpose without displacement. 
In fact, I want to go further and suggest to you that it is in fact the displacement that pushes you into your purpose. If you can begin to embrace what I'm saying, you will thank them for being offended. Because if you would accept me, I would nest in you. I would make you my hole and crawl into you. I would build my nest and say, look, I'm one of them and I would stay. And your offense is absolutely fine because you reaffirm the fact that my country is not of this world. That I am a stranger sojourning through this world. That I have a home somewhere beyond the swelling banks of the Jordan. And now, Shadabaha, I realize why I can never fit. Because I am not at home. Not yet. To find my purpose is to put me in a state of constant search. Because once I've found my purpose, then I lose my nest. Because I am only happy when I am in my purpose. Watch this. Jesus said, you all go on down there and get something to eat. I'm going to sit by the well and wait on the woman to come. When they finally came back and offered him the food, they said, aren't you hungry? And he says, I have a meat that you know not of. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. I get out of my purpose what you get out of your food. <laughs> I get out of my purpose what you get out of your house. Foxes have holes. Birds of the air has nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. The Bible says he laid his head in the locks of his shoulders on the cross. Because it was his purpose. I am never happier than when I am doing my purpose. I, I never have energy like I do when I am doing my purpose. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I never have glory 
like I do when I am walking in my purpose. And because I am a spiritual being, my spirit only rests when I am in my purpose. Anything else is unsettling and I'm always a little bit discontented even in places where other people find rest because I have a meat that you know not of and I have a house that you cannot see. I am only comfortable when I am doing the thing I was created to do. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm standing in a rendition of the bicycle shop that the Wright brothers used as a catalyst to build the first airplane. If you give up at this stage, you'll never get to that stage. If you run into an obstacle and say, I don't have what I need, and that must be a sign from God that I'm not supposed to have it. If the Wright brothers would have done that, you and I would still be riding on the backs of ponies. You may have the idea that the next generation will ride in but you'll never know if you leave it in the bicycle shop. Turn your dreams into reality with Bishop's new book, Soar, and catch him on his book tour. Join him in Boiling Springs, North Carolina at Empowerment Conference 2017 on October 22nd and in Whites Creek, Tennessee at Mount Zion Baptist Church, October 24th. Then see him in San Antonio, Texas at Cornerstone Church, October 27th. For more tour dates and information, go to soarbytdjakes.com. And the Bible says they were offended. Offended is a big word. Offended, offended, offended means they were insulted. Your desire to live on the level of your capacity insults people who are satisfied to stay where they are. Stay with me. Stay with me. I got something for you this morning. I got something for you. They find your zeal irritating. You don't fit. And how dare you come from the same place I come from and you try to be more. And I am offended because your success reminds me of what I could have been had I pushed myself a little bit harder. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, stay with me. Come on, stay with me. Come on, stay with me. Come on, come on. They were offended. He was healing them. How could you be offended and I'm helping you? Why is it that we push away who we need and hold on who we don't need? How could you be? Oh, stay with me, stay with me, because I'm just not heating up. Come on, come on. Let the praise fill this room.
about, I got something for you. Two things shocked me. In this text, Jesus says there's something that he cannot do. I talked about that. His inability to perform on the level that he had in the fifth chapter was stifled by their perception in the sixth. And the second thing was, he marveled at their unbelief. There are a few times in scripture that it says that Jesus marveled. And generally, it talks about him marveling at the faith of the Gentiles. And the Bible said that Jesus marveled at the centurion's faith, for he had not found so great a faith in all of Israel. So every other time Jesus marvels, he marvels at faith, but at home, (laughs) at home, he marvels at their unbelief. God, the omniscient God who knows everything, says, you shot me. I am amazed that you could be so familiar with something and yet have no faith. I am shocked that you could come to church every Sunday. And yet, have no faith. He said, I marvel at how much you have not changed. For all that you were exposed to, for all that I sent to you, for all of the opportunities that I gave you, for the word that I speak to you, I am shocked at your unbelief. Jesus is saying, how could you? How could you not grow? He later says, other cities will rise up and condemn you because they did so much more with so much less. And you know why it got quiet there? Because everybody is saying like the disciples did at the Last Supper, Lord, is it me? And that's a good thing to challenge yourself, to say, what have I done with what I have been given? Because God is saying, I'm shocked that you didn't do more with what I gave you. Jesus says, I marvel at your unbelief. I marvel that you insist on being blind. I marvel that you still got that temper. I marvel that you still walk in that depression. I marvel that you could go to church every Sunday 
and be exposed and you know all about me. You know all about me. The preacher can't quote a scripture before you rattle it off. You know all about, oh yeah, I know them. I know, I know your sister and them. I know that, oh yeah, I can do, oh yeah, all things through Christ. This is being Christ Jesus. But my God said, all my needs according to his riches and glory. And yet when you need something, you freak out. Jesus said, I marvel. Because you are familiar with me. But you don't know me. You don't know what I would do if you believe. You don't know what I would change if you believe. You don't know how I would work if you believe. You don't know what I would touch if you believe. You don't know how I would raise you if you believe. You don't know how I would move in your life if you believe. And I'm all Jesus said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to change the strategies, boy. He said, I'm going to change the strategy. So he called the 12 together. And he said, they won't receive what I have for them because they're familiar with me. And a prophet is without honor in his own country. So I'm going to take what's on me and I'm going to put it on you. And I'm going to send you out in my name. And they will receive the gift because they don't recognize the giver. somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. So the Bible said that he's going to send you out and you are going to be him in disguise. <laughs> and he said, lay hands on the sick. Raise up the dead. I'm going to do the work through you. Somebody that God is using ought to open your mouth and give him some praise. In other words, the homeless Jesus now takes himself and becomes at home in those who follow him. And he says, I'm going to take the glory that I couldn't give at home and I'm going to give it a home in you. And wherever you go, if you speak peace and they receive you, they will receive the one that sent you. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying to you. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Give him 30 seconds of crazy praise. You got 15 seconds left to give him praise. Yeah. Yeah. You got five seconds to give him some praise. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. See, when God puts something on you for somebody, <laughs> sometimes it's not even you. It's him loving them. It's him teaching them. It's him healing them. That's why you talk about God, I can't go. Well, it's not you anyway. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. As soon as you open yourself up so that God can use you, you can walk in the situations where man has given up hope. And if you would feel about it the way God feels about it, Well, it just turns out that he does have a place to rest. It turns out that the homeless Jesus can be found in you. He can be found in the way that you move, in the way that you pray, in the way that you talk. That he is not looking for any other place to rest but in your heart. So I hope that you take him in your heart today. I hope that you take him in your walk and in how you speak today, knowing that you have a king on the inside of you. You have a powerful, a powerful father on the inside of you. And as long as he is resting in you, then he is never homeless. Have a wonderful day. See you soon. Do not worry. There's a battle going on in your mind. The enemy doesn't have to poison you. If he can get you to think the right stuff, you will think yourself to death. Worrying is to rehearse the problem without solution. But you have the ultimate solution and the one who will fight your battles when all hope seems lost. Wherever you run out, that's where he runs in. For your gift to the ministry of any size, you will receive this life-changing four-message series on CD. If you open up and say, I'm out of it, I don't know what to do, I can't fix it, I can't bring it together, I can't handle it, he'll run in and fill up that gap. However, when your gift is $100 or more, you will receive the Do Not Worry series on CD, along with a Do Not Worry journal and mug as our thank you. Because when you say do not worry, you can get a clear word from God. I want to talk to people who have ideas that look like this, and you're saying to yourself, I can't do it because I don't have what I need. They didn't either. In my book, I'm going to show you how to turn this into that. Hebrews 6.10, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We didn't have water. We didn't have lights. I live in a senior's apartment complex. I'm homeless now. We're underwater for three days straight. Right. My wife and I, my daughter, we cried. We all have to just pray for each other and take one day at a time. And we would just like to say thank TDJ. Thank you to all of our GPS partners. With your help, Megacare was able to provide disaster relief for those in need with volunteers, food, and supplies. I feel the love, and that's what I need right now. We're all family together right now. Feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. 
We look forward to seeing you next time on The Potter's Touch. <laughs>